Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, April 23rd, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone, welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. We come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're going to talk a little more today about Stephen, one of the first Christian martyrs. But before we get to that, let's have a moment for prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you know intimately who we are. You know every sin. You know every failure. And yet you love us and you call us to something more. You call us to sanctification and you call us to holiness and you call us to love. May we pursue these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Listen to our passage from the seventh chapter of Acts, verses 54 through 60. When they, the crowd, heard these things, they became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears, and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he died. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Tara, for our Friday fun question, which again, I heard from someone that we should have a fun question every day, (laughs) not just on Fridays. It's hard to come up with the fun questions. I'm just going to tell you, like, Um, what is your most significant memory from elementary school? Oh, it's it's a pretty one. Um, (laughs) One of the few things I remember from elementary school is I do not like canned English peas. Like, can't stand them. Uh, My husband assures me that if I had fresh peas, I would love them. To which I'm like, how fancy are you that you get fresh peas? I've never even seen them. Anyway, my third grade teacher had a policy. You had to eat a bite of everything on your tray. And I had peas on there. And so first I sat and I wouldn't do it. Like two hours in there, she left me. Oh my goodness. And then she comes back. And I will say like every minute that I'm there alone, the idea of eating the peas gets worse. Yeah. So that by the time she- A little colder. Yeah. A little colder. Uh And by the time she comes back, I take a bite, and I throw them right up on her shoe. That's Tara in elementary school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? That's that's why I've never forced you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't like peas. Don't open the can. Don't, I mean. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't one of, was it your grandmother who had some England connect? Because you could drink tea all the time with her. Right? Yes. My grandfather, grandfather. Um, was German, but after uh, during the war moved to England. Yes. So but was so was canned English peas a big thing in the household growing up? My mom. Yeah. Have you, did y'all have canned English peas growing up? I mean, not English peas. We had like canned string beans. Was oh, That's delicious. <laughs> no, my mom tried to foist those little ground pellets of death. 
little green pellets of death on us. I mean, we were a little fancy. We had frozen peas. Oh, there. <laughs> well, excuse me. You and Brian will get along great. <laughs> but my most significant memory from elementary school was uh, fourth grade. I, my best friend was someone named Javi, and uh, somehow we had scored being in the same, you know, desk group. Uh-huh. Um, and he was sitting directly across from me. And so, you know, we were giggling and, and laughing about whatever it was, probably something, you know, body related. <laughs> These were fourth graders. But uh, he took a really big drink of water, and I started making him laughing. Uh, and he continued to laugh and continued to laugh, but he couldn't swallow because he was laughing. Oh. So I kept pushing, making jokes on whatever was funny, not realizing that I'm directly facing you him. You got it. So, you got the firing line right so there. So I finally pushed him to where he couldn't hold it anymore, and he just spit water all over my face. Did y'all get separated? Is, uh, completely my fault. Uh, no, I don't think. <laughs> my, I don't know what my teacher was doing. Not, not paying attention to us. Love it. <laughs> But to our text, mm-hmm. Tara, often I think that when we read this text, we like to identify ourselves with Stephen. But sometimes I have to assume that we are the crowd who stones him. Is that true? How should this passage change for us just depending on who we identify with in yeah. the scripture? I do think we are, when we read it, we're called to behave more like Stephen. However, um, my, uh, one of my favorite professor from seminary used to say, if you read the passage and you imagine that you are the Jesus character, you've gotten it wrong, <laughs> right? And Stephen in this is so empowered with the Holy Spirit, he's able to do what Jesus does. So, you know, I have to own, let's just say the odds of numbers, right? That at some point I would have been on the wrong end of things. Mm-hmm. And um, if I read this, I have to think about all the times something has made me angry, all the times I wouldn't listen. They covered their ears. They actively did not want to know that they were wrong. Um, And I have to own that that is me sometimes. And I think one of the things that has made me a better Christian is that, you know, in leading a church, um, when there is a rupture in a relationship, I have to be responsible for trying to make that amends, um, and that's made me a better a better Christian. Um, it's not easy. I don't do it well. I don't always do it outside of the church, um, but I do think the thing that has helped me is to realize that God God is in that in that place. God is with the people who are wrong, um, not that He's supporting however they're wrong, but that God can lead them. To repentance, yeah. it doesn't have to be Tara. Isn't that shocking? <laughs> that is, um, Tara doesn't surprising. need to help all the time. Um, so I have to think about where are the places where usually it, it involves my pride and I become obstinate mm. and I cover my ears. Mm. Um, what do you think when you think about the crowd? Yeah, that's a great point because the you know. Stephen gives, I think it's probably the longest sermon in the Bible. It is a long yes. text. I have never preached that long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was written down. Um, so he gives this whole oration through the whole story of Scripture and ends it with this crowd of, you guys got it wrong. You missed it. Um, and uh, I can tell you what, uh, I hate being wrong. Yes. <laughs> I, I do not like, um, and it's, 
you know, especially when uh, I know that I'm wrong. <laughs> like, Stephen gives such this oration that leaves little doubt. Uh, and I think that's one of the angry responses of the people is not just that they're being disagreed with, but that they know that they're being disagreed with, they've been called out on it, and now in their heart of hearts they know that they're wrong. Right. Uh, and it's and it's in that um, that we can really cover our ears and dig our feet in because something that we uh, believed to be true or held on to turned out to be incorrect. And that's when uh, I think I, you know, that's when I, uh, you know, try to bully with words or try to... Um, use a higher vocabulary in order to kind of position myself out of uh, being wrong because of the intense pride of, I think many of us, uh, I think most people are smart people. And so the intellect becomes this God and, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but um, that for that, when that becomes your God and then you're wrong, then uh, that what, do you do? what do you do? Your God is, has fallen. Um, and so uh, to your point um, that God does not abandon this crowd, um, that, that God does not abandon uh, people who cover their ears at points. Um, that's not what we're called to. Yes. <laughs> we're not called to cover our ears and to respond in anger and frustration. Um, uh, and he is asking them to recognize that they are not worshiping the right entity, the yeah. right person. They haven't yeah. recognized the Messiah. Yeah. And that's really hard to hear, Stephen. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't your best rhetorical moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to hear everything you have believed in your entire tradition is wrong. Mm-hmm. Because then the question is, well, then who am I? Yeah. You know, Stephen thinks he's being persuasive. And I think a lot of people hear it as, you're destroying my entire world. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking when Brian and I went through, I think marriage counseling, the counselor was like, there will be times when you can either be right or happy. And I remember <laughs> us looking at each other and being like, I'd rather be, be right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think actually Brian was like, what about when being right makes me happy? You know? Um, and so I think that's, that's really interesting. I don't often, it is certainly a valid biblical tool to critique the text. And if I were to critique Stephen, I would say, God meets people where they are. Maybe Mm -hmm. you should meet these people where they are instead of turning their whole world upside down. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that's not where we are with the text. Mm -hmm. And the text is that people are often wrong Mm -hmm. and they are extended forgiveness. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's like, I, Sometimes there have been um, social issues that have split churches, uh, and and I think often when those social issues split churches, it's because um, some people see that loving uh, loving is is the ultimate, um, you know, what we're called to do as Christians, and then. Uh, other people say, but if I do that, then my whole theology might may crumble. Of my, course, my, and and that is it's a really scary. and that's terrifying. And to that, I would hope that the people who are hoping to be loving would not, even though Stephen is a great person, wouldn't call people stiff necked because right. uh, or bigot or or whatever or whatever name calling, uh, in order to help them see that perhaps what they're holding up is not God. Perhaps yeah. what they're holding up 
isn't who uh, God calls us to be in the world. Yeah, I do think the church has a particular witness here in that we should be people who are able to confess and repent. Mm-hmm. I mean, people should be able to see us doing that yeah. and tie it to our Christian faith, yeah. that this is what Christ has taught us. Um, you know, I also think it's evidenced in our that we are a culture that feels really comfortable evaluating other people by just what we see. Yeah. So, you know, my kids are in sports. The number of people who sit on the bench and say the ref should have done this the coach should have done that without and i'm always like you don't even have all the information (laughs) do you know what i mean you don't know what's happened that we can practice with the coach you don't know exactly what the ref saw but we are way comfortable critiquing and myself included sometimes i just have to be like shut up tara just don't because we don't have all the information and i also I assume that if we had the same information, we'd probably end up at the same decision. I really believe that. It's incredible how I believe that I am, like, if I was the head coach of my favorite soccer team, they would be undefeated. Like, totally. You know, I, I think yeah. I have all the, I'm uh-huh. pretty darn sure I have all the answers. Yeah. Brian and I have this kind of deal, which is like, we do not say anything to coaches. <laughs> Because we also know we're not rational. We think she's the greatest thing we've ever seen. You know what I mean? Uh, so I do think I think we should be more loving, less critiquing. Um, I think when we are, you know, Stephen might still be alive if when they became so angry, they had prayed about it, taken a step back. You know, God, if this is how you want me to change, you're going to have to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, again, I'm doing that thing I just said, which is critiquing (laughs) Stephen from 2,000 years away. I mean, am I not a complex and simple human being? Thank God we have a God who forgives. (laughs) Yes. Let's just go ahead and wrap this up, shall we? Yes. Our quote today is from the author Catherine Schulz. Our love of being right is best understood as our fear of being wrong. Oh, that's so me. I know. (laughs) So human. Now may each of you go out, friends, to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.